0: People leave feeling so validated to be connected with their own soul. It's never as scary as you think it's going to be. Maybe some uncomfortable emotions are going to come up, those uncomfortable experiences. But when you're working with, you know, I'm very comfortable dealing with uncomfortable experiences. People feel so much better. People always feel better when they have sat for a moment with their soul or with those uncomfortable things rather than running away from them that's got to be your experience yeah and your coach yeah
1: yeah definitely when people get um really raw and really just let go and, and and open up the floodgates and are willing to dig into it and dive into it fearlessly it's it's, it's very transformative. It It, it, it changes their lives for the rest of their lives when they stop hanging on to that old stuff. One of my favorite people, evidential psychic medium, Andrea St. Amon. Hi, Andrea.
0: Hi, thank you for having me on today.
1: It's always fun to just talk to you in general. And you and I, you know, we get on a pre-show and suddenly we realize, hey, we need to actually have a show. (laughs) We need to hit record. (laughs) We need to hit record and actually turn this into a podcast and a video. So that other people can be in on this conversation because our conversations are always a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And very, um, and, and, and out there, but not so far out there. And the more, and maybe I'm just getting so deep into my spiritual practice and my uh, allowing of source just to be my normal way of being that none of it seems that woo woo or out there to me at all. And the, the thing I was really wanting to dive in right right off the bat with you today is this idea of 3D and 5D and 12D and 2060 and all this stuff that you hear a lot of people in spiritual circles saying, where we, we're hearing the stream say, we're here to be human. Our souls chose to come to planet Earth to have the Earth human experience, not the Pleiadian experience, not the entities from another world experience, not the, we're going to destroy earth and we're going to birth this utopian version of it experience, but to come in the way things are and operate our lives source connected as we are. And I know you're really interested in talking about that. So why don't we dive into that?
0: Let's do it. Boots on the ground. It's really like dragging our divinity, kicking and screaming to earth, right? It's really dragging our soul into the human body. And I think that's so important. And I've long, just from my own experience, from what souls have told me and what I have witnessed in clients, I have long thought the spirit world and these spiritual tools are there to help us live more fully expressed lives, human lives. It's not for spiritual bypassing.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's not, uh, you know, I'm just going to be in the flow, and I'm going to go sit on a mountaintop and meditate my days away, and 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 the things, and and again, I know we're sounding a little judgmental, but the thing is, is that I really want people to understand that human life, 3D human life, can be so amazing when you release fear and release judgment, and and bring source as your way of being, and you're not, and I, I, don't, I don't even wanna say bring it in because you're not bringing it in, it's already in you. Right. It's in you and you're just expressing it, you're allowing it, you're allowing yourself to be more source connected and not so separated because you're lowering your vibe with, with 3D stuff, with, with the fearing or the pushing against or the demonization of the 3D stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There, I feel like this is meant to be our playground you know, human life is meant to be our playground, but it's, it it can only be our playground if we understand how to how fear operates here. How I mean, think about like the the slicky slide. The first time as a kid, you're petrified to go down the slide, right? That thing is like way up in the air, and it feels like you're 16 stories up, and you're gonna die if you slide down it. And then it becomes like the most fun thing ever. And then it becomes not long enough. You want a taller slicky slide.
1: <laughs> so you could like, even faster.
0: You go faster and then you put water on it. It gets crazy. Yeah, of course. But I feel like that's what we're, we're here to in every new experience. We do tend to like, most people tend to have a knee jerk reaction of fear with any new experience, but to be like, okay, there's fear. Am I, is, is it actually going to kill me or how do I work through that? How do I use that energy as a tool and transmute it into something where this could actually be a phenomenal interesting experience for me.
1: I love the word transmute. I use that all the time. It's taking the the stuff that we used to judge as negative and transmuting all of it to something that offers expansion.
0: I'm going to share something that I have not ever, ever stated publicly because of fear of a witch hunt. I have stated this with certain clients who've understood it, but I'm going to say it here right now because it goes right into this. I had a vision one night i was lying in bed reading and all of a sudden i had the sense that um demons because you use the word demonization were actually our own stuff that we're working through and all of a sudden i saw these so-called demons as you know nothing other but they're my pets they were pets and if we work through them and we tame them, these, you can think of them as little energy balls or little actual pets or just parts of yourself that you're rejecting or experiences that you're rejecting. But if we work through them, they actually become ours, just like our cats and our dogs, they become ours, they really become part of us and they dissolve into little white fluff balls. And it became, it was the funniest vision to have (laughs) of things that could scare us, the stuff of nightmares, the things we don't want to face in life or in our reality or in our own lives. And if we actually find a way to embrace these energies as part of our soul, they become tamed. And they become little white cotton fluff balls that are like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I don't have to be a big scary monster anymore because really all along I'm a little white fluff ball.
1: Yeah, I love that. It's, we're so aligned too. It's so funny because we haven't spoken in, in a while. It's been right. a little while, right? It's not since really the first of the year and we're like halfway through. Yeah. And I was uh, doing a training in boot camp the other day and we were talking about how you know, we tend to think in terms of linear time because we're experiencing earth and what we perceive as linear time. And that's, that's what we know and that's cool. But if you take everything that's happened up until now and all of that linear stuff, you know, back then I went through this and then I went through that and then this was a really good time and this was a really difficult time and this was a challenge and that was painful and this was expansive and that was educational. If we take all of that stuff and break up that linear, and turn it into these balls of experiences. I, I said that they're like little wow. spheres of experiences. Cool. And I didn't say fluff balls, but I said, <laughs> everything is just an experience. It's it's this was an experience that taught me XYZ. This right. was an experience that led me to do this. This was an experience that became the catalyst for this change in my life. And they all are all mm-hmm. of them, all of them. But we get so bogged down into all of this judgment and fear and this this victim mindset that we're taught to be in our society, and it's, oh, this was terrible, it was awful, it was painful, it was the worst thing ever. And then we keep telling that story to ourselves over and over and over again, and our subconscious mind just keeps it playing on a loop, and that's why we see these unwanted things coming back into our lives in different ways over and over again. We, you know, So many times people will say, I had this bad experience as a child and it keeps recurring different ways, perhaps uh, really with different players around it, but it keeps showing up in my life again, and again, and again, and again, bad relationships, bad health, uh, you know, stuff going on with my body that I don't like, uh, not enough money, whatever these, these patterns are that we have, they're all, if we break them up into these little balls of experiences, and begin finding appreciation for what it offered us because they all do. And then suddenly you come to understand why the stream says from their higher perspective, there's no such thing as negative. Everything is positive because it all serves expansion.
0: We might not enjoy the emotion part of it. We might not, but that doesn't mean it's not valuable. And I think you hit on a key thing of the judgment. We, get faced with something we don't like or an emotion that we're scared of or that we don't wanna feel and therefore a judgment goes on it and then it gets shoved down or shoved wherever we shove it. And then I see a lot of people trying to logically analyze it. And really what's happening is what we need to be doing is allowing that whatever that emotion is, allow it. If in that moment you felt doubt, self-doubt, shame, whatever it is, if you could just feel that for a second in the safety of your living room couch, it's going to well up and disappear pretty quickly and transmute then into something very different. It might mean tears start flowing. It might mean your chest gets tight. It might mean you start like feeling a little anxious because I think it's the judgment, that we put on these so-called negative experiences and negative emotions that causes some anxiety. But if we can just allow ourselves to feel whatever emotion is, it's wanting some acknowledgement, it's shocking how fast it transmutes.
1: Yeah, well, I love that you say because a big part of the Thai practice is going into the darkness of it yes. because the darkness is our own creation. Like you said, yes. that dark energy is not something that's being thrust upon us externally. We no. have created the, the heaviness of it and therefore we, we can claim ownership of it. Just like that victim vibration that you know, this isn't about blaming the victim. I want to be very clear about that because that's right. what I always get in the feedback. You know, You're blaming the victim. We're not blaming the victim because this isn't about fault. If you take the fault out of things and start looking at things as a co-creative experience, even if it's a co-creative experience, just born of vibrational flow, meaning that polarity is naturally taking our vibration up and down. We are naturally absorbing fear and confidence and love and everything else from birth and even before that. So we're in this childhood environment, absorbing all of these things in our environment And some of them are serving expansion immediately. And some are serving to deliver some unwanted things. So in the delivery of unwanted things, understanding that we can attract unwanted things into our paths by universal design because of vibrational flow. This is why we're not always up at the top of our spiral feeling fantastic all the time because we're moving through this vibrational flow. It's naturally gonna take us down. We're naturally gonna manifest a mix of things that we want and things that we don't. But we really get stuck on these unwanted things. All of humanity is in this space, really, where we really get stuck in that victim space of this was done to me, it wasn't my fault, and I can't get past it. I might try to forgive it, but it's always painful and I'm not going to get over it. And (laughs) And then you move into spirituality and mainstream spirituality very much is, oh, rainbows, fairy dust, Uh, let's just be up all the time. You're not allowed to be down. You've got to be in your vortex. You know, you need to be in alignment with everything that you want. If you dip out of that, you're going to start manifesting unwanted things. You can't be down there. And that's very frustrating. Ultimately that's, I I think that serves a purpose for a time. When people start really claiming ownership that they create their own reality and they get into sort of the rainbow fairy dust brand of spirituality. I think that that is absolutely serving them for a period for most people, but a lot of people I find are moving through that. And then they're getting to that, that place of frustration where the only answer is to dive into it and, and transmute. Just like you said, I love that. I love that because it's so transformative. It's the solution. The being stuck in the victim vibration is not the solution. That's what's bringing more of that to you. And so my aim with my work is to stop that cycle of unwanted things coming
0: a question for you about um, anxiety, because in my experience, both my personal experience and what I see with others is that I'm wondering, I don't think anxiety is an emotional state. I think anxiety is a vibration where other emotions are actually trying to surface, or there's a lot of energy around that we don't know what to do with or we're scared of or we get, and so anxiety, and anxiety I think has become an epidemic in our society. But I feel like anxiety is like a, it's an energetic vibration. That's actually a red flashing light that's trying to tell your body and your mind, hey, there's something a little deeper going on here. You might want to pay attention to. What are your thoughts on anxiety?
1: I've always said that anxiety is sort of the being stressed about being stressed. So you, yeah. you have specific things that you're fearing that causes this, this stress reaction in you because of fear, really. It's weird it's yeah. in fear because if you're fearless, there's nothing to be stressed about, right? If you're completely fearless, if you really are, and I don't think anybody's completely 100% fearless, it, you know, I, I say detune. Right. You detune fear, you detune judgment. I do not believe as a human being, we're going to become completely void of fear or completely void of judgment. We're just not. Yeah. We're discerners of preference, right? So we're always going to have some of that going on. But when you you have such a habit of fearful thought that you are continually stressed, when you're not specifically landing that stress on a topic and you're just stressed in general, that's anxiety.
0: Yeah. You're
1: stressed about just being stressed. You're just stressed about life in general that's that feeling of angst or anxiety that really doesn't have a specific thing that you can pinpoint as the cause of it. It's just a vibration. You're right. It's a vibration, uh, rooted in fear and it's a vibration rooted in the judgment of your positioning on your spiral. You know, I'm stressed because I'm stressed. I'm down my spiral because I'm stressed about being down my spiral. Therefore I'm even further down my spiral for a longer period of time. And you, and we're laughing about this. And if you're experiencing kind of these things, <laughs> yeah. we're yeah. laughing about it because we have lived it.
0: Yes, we absolutely. have changed it. <laughs> we
1: know that we're not making fun of you. We are simply oh, telling gosh, you no. that, that, that we are looking at it from a different perspective because we've done the work to transmute that energy so that we're not operating in stress. I'm not in stress much of the time. I am not in anxiety really at all. And I'm not dipping into fear a lot. But I do, you know, I, I operate in vibrational flow just like everybody else. So when things start to spin out and they do, I'm not living perfection. Taya is not about perfection. The stream is not about perfection. The stream talks all the time about the perfection of imperfection that the imperfections, the stressors, the, the things that pop up that we don't like are there to present a, an opportunity for us to detune something if we're manifesting something that we don't like, that means it's somewhere in our vibration and there is some sort of transgressor energy that we can address when we're ready to. And until we do, we're going to have that thing pop up again and again and again.
0: I, I was laughing because one of the greatest breakthroughs in my life was the scientific knowledge, being given a scientific knowledge about anxiety And then how it's exactly what you said, David, it's like most anxiety is anxiety about being anxious. I mean, it's this, and it's just, it's funny how we, if we can look at it and then laugh at ourselves. And once I had that tool and I had the tool that a panic attack can literally only physically exist in your body for eight to 12 minutes. That's it. Your body cannot manufacture the chemicals and the hormones or anything to keep a panic going for longer than eight to 12 minutes. And as soon as I knew that, that, that was a tremendous help. Cause then I could just sit with them and be like, okay, now I'm going to sit with it. I don't have to be anxious about being anxious. And then I'm going to give myself time to figure out what's actually coming up underneath this that I'm trying to, yeah, I, I would, trying uh, to put down.
1: And I am not a healthcare professional. Uh, I have one next door, <laughs> want to talk to <laughs> yes. one. Uh, but there, um, the, the idea of a panic attack, to me, I, I speak everything in terms of vibration and vibrational spiral. It's the plummet down. It's the trigger that plummets you down your spiral rapidly. Mm-hmm. That's panic. Oh, my God. Right. You know, yes. I'm, I'm rapidly yes. uh, descending my spiral and I'm going to go into that panic mode. And then from there, polarity is going to level us back off. Now we can choose to operate DTS and stay there. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can really right. if you have that active voice, uh, the, uh, what I call my clawed voice. You know, the voice that's that used to beat oh, yes? me up. Oh yeah, your
0: clawed, yeah. Yeah, my clawed that would beat Claude.
1: me up emotionally. I mean, you so know, welcome. the 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 yes. let's beat up on David game. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't I don't hear from Claude anymore. But uh, you know, nice. that would that space would activate my clawed voice. That voice of you know, you're not good enough. This is going to work. You know, you should just be happy with what you've got. You need to stay right where you are. You know, all, all of that that unworthy crap. That we that our clawed voice tells us. And the reason that I call it my clawed voice is because I found a very effective technique in taking that saboteur, that negative voice, that voice of limiting beliefs, and separating it energetically from myself and making it this thought bubble that existed external for me. And then really, when I did that, I recognized it a lot faster at the onset. Like, oh, that's not me. That's Claude. Now Claude's my creation, yep. of course, just like everything else. But that's Claude. That's out there, and once I, I made it something external for me, then I could start catching it and muting it and shrinking it until it was just gone.
0: Yeah. And
1: now, whenever something goes wrong, my old trigger was I would start beating myself up. Now, if something isn't going right, it's wow, my vibration, my low yeah. vibrational period produced this this thing, this uh, you know transgressor event, and I'm going to meet and enjoy because I know the sooner I find appreciation for it, the sooner it's going to be solved in my life. The sooner my vibration is yeah. just going to pop right back up and whatever that is, is going to be this transformative experience. it's funny that, you know, I live with Michael, who is a psychologist and he is definitely, he's read my book and he's, he absorbs the teachings because they spill out of me 24 right. seven really. And it's funny when he uses my stuff, back against me oh. so i got this lovely nice. summons for jury duty which i haven't had in years uh I, I updated my driver my california driver's license to my current address and suddenly yep. i want everybody's map you know so i get a summons for for jury duty and i was I wasn't down my spiral about it, but I wasn't thrilled about it. I was like, you know, right. why does it have to be an hour away? And I, you know, down oh, wow. there every yep. day yep. and all this stuff. And he's like, hey, this is going to be an uplifting experience for you. You're going to meet some new people. It's going to be this fun thing. And I'm like, you're using Taya against me right now. I can tell. It's really funny.
0: Actually, as a former lawyer, nothing's going to get you kicked off a jury quicker than if you say you're a channel.
1: Oh, yeah. I already know. I'm going to go right in. I'm a psychic medium. I'm channel. And, you know, I already know who won. <laughs> I already know who's guilty. You say
0: that? I, I actually, the last time I was called for jury duty, I was like, do I say I'm a psychic medium or do I tell them I'm a former lawyer? Which one is going to get Oh, me? either one. So, both. Either so one. I'm a
1: former attorney and a psychic medium.
0: So Shall I go now or do you want me on your- Which side wants me and which side wants to strike me before, yeah, before I stay in any
1: Yeah. I, the only time I got called for jury duty before is, you know, they do this thing where they bring you in in little groups and they start questioning you. And one of the attorneys, you know, asked me, uh, you know, what the legal system meant to me. And for some reason, I, I was channeling, I think, because I, you know, I've never been to law school. I went through this very complex response of what the legal system was all about and how innocent until proven guilty really serves everyone and how it's, you know, it's a burden of proof and all this crap. I'm like, where is this even coming wrong? I was dismissed immediately. Like, oh no, we do not want this joker. We don't want that guy.
0: He's gonna go through every piece of evidence and keep the jury. Yeah, he's a little too excited
1: about being here. And I, I I just was at peace with it, really. Yeah. I was already practicing my version of Taya even back then, and I was at peace with the experience of being there. And I kind of thought, well, it might be cool to be on a jury, you know. And I responded like that, and of course, it got me booted off. So that was that was really cool. Right. It's what I really needed at the time too. So at this point, I'm just going to embrace it. And meet it in joy. And it just it's just a, a day or two or five or whatever. Right. You know, I get to put the top down in the car and drive down to Indio, <laughs> which is wow. an hour away. Wow. And, and go hang out at the courthouse. We'll see what there it's all about. Go. Yeah.
0: You said something I actually want to go back to, just picking up on Claude a little bit. You know, it now you said that gives you time, you know, externalizing it actually gives you a moment to recognize. What, what that internal dialogue is. And I think so much of us, that internal dialogue that's driven by emotions we don't want or anxiety, it's unconscious. So to bring it con- into the conscious mind, which you did by giving it a name and sticking it in a, in a bubble, um, gives you time To actually see like, wait a minute, as my life threatened right now, because fear is helpful if you step out in traffic and a bus is coming, let's face it, that's helpful, that's going to get you back on the sidewalk quicker, sooner rather than later, that's good. And I'm just remembering because I wanted to give a very specific example of something about anxiety and how you can use a panic attack to stay down your spiral, or you can get through it and keep moving forward, even if the fear is present. Mm -hmm. I did this photo shoot, it was a year ago, it was right before the world shut down and the pandemic, and a building here was going to be closing, and I had a photo shoot planned in there, and it literally involved me hanging off a silk apparatus over a two-story drop from an I-beam. In order to get there, I had to climb over a half wall. I panicked on that wall. I was one foot over looking down two stories, <laughs> one foot still on the story I was on, on safe ground. I had I beams within reach that I could touch and I panicked. I could not get myself over on the apparatus, even though I knew once I got over there, it was going to be fine. I was supported. I was safe. The angle of the photo was going to be very dramatic. Art was going to be created. I had been planning this. And I panicked and I was able to tell myself, okay, a panic attack is going to last eight to 12 minutes. So you are going to sit here on this half wall, dangling your feet over, palms sweaty. I had to wait till that stopped so I could actually grab on and not not slide. Um, Or you can climb back to safety, walk away, and everything that you've been planning for two months isn't going to happen. The art is not going to be created but you're not gonna decide either way until this eight to 12 minutes is up, this panic is up. And I sat there sweating, (laughs) heart pounding, and decided in that moment, I had to go forward. So my panic subsided, my fear and anxiety did not, (laughs) I was still super scared physically, but I was able to work through mentally, like I am actually safe, there are safety precautions in place here. I'm not going to fall to my death even though my vision is telling me that and even though everything around me is looks really scary and i was able to do it and i it was it ended up in a beautiful uh, photo shoot anybody's on my website you can see it um it's it's it was phenomenal and the art that came out of it was phenomenal and that was worth it to me to work through that was such a lesson to me to work through that clawed voice that was sitting there like you're gonna fall you're gonna be stupid (laughs) to be like you know what no something greater than myself is going to come out of this
1: i love that that's cool
0: very facing your your
1: fears is intoxicating it really is In, in a wise way of course but facing your fears and and doing something that used to scare you and there's all these little things you know i i faced a lot of fears in my life but i i'll uh you know, we were talking about a mutual friend of ours, Raminya, who, who mm-hmm. whom we both uh, worked with and things in the past. Um, I, I remember the very first time I went on to my Facebook group and did a Facebook Live. Yes. And that, for some, that was so unnerving to me, and I'll never that forget that Raminya wanting to be helpful uh, because we were we were part of this coaching program that was teaching us how to operate. You know, mm-hmm. coaching programs. And other coach, our own coaching programs. And I remember she came on to my live and started asking questions. And the questions were there to sort of tee up what I was sure. supposed to be talking about. But it was so unnerving to have her on. Like, leave me alone. I'm just trying to get through this. You know, I'm just trying to get through this. And it's so funny because I, I I remember the terror of just going on live in a Facebook group. And the group didn't yes. even have that many people in at that time. <laughs> and now I go, I pop on live all the time. Easy and don't think twice. I'm a ham now, you know, but li- our lives are like that. There's so many things that in, 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 when we mm-hmm. haven't done them yet, we create this narrative of how scary it is. And then we we get into that unnerving experience. But if we allow fear to stop us, there's just so many benefits that we miss.
0: I, I was scared to get on the phone with Romania. <laughs> Because she and I and at the same time, I wanted it, so I'm saying that because everybody's got that type of person in their life where you're like, Oh, I'm this person is gonna call me out, this person oh, yeah. is gonna call us. Yeah, she's a spade she's spade. really good at
1: that, she's really, really, gonna, really good at that,
0: and in a very loving, supportive way, but she can hold up a mirror. And a lot of people are afraid of that. But if you do it anyway, I think, honestly, a lot of people are afraid to get readings, especially evidential-based readings, because I don't do puppies and butterflies unless it's warranted. People are afraid to get evidential-based readings because they're actually afraid to be deeply seen by another person, by another soul.
1: Well, don't you think the people that are skeptics, that's really what they're, they're they're building that wall of skepticism so they don't have to go down there? Yes. And can you read somebody that's skeptical? Somebody that just doesn't buy into what you're doing at all? Can you do that?
0: But if they're like super skeptical and telling me no with everything, I'm not going to know if I'm accurate or not. But (laughs) usually I get people, I've set my intention to get people with deep need, not curiosity. You know, if somebody's coming with a deep need, and even if they're afraid of what's going to come up for them, they're always, I will tell you a hundred percent of the time, people leave feeling so validated to be connected with their own soul. It's never as scary as you think it's going to be. Maybe some uncomfortable emotions are going to come up, those uncomfortable experiences. But when you're working with, you know, I'm very comfortable dealing with uncomfortable experiences. People feel so much better. People always feel better when they have sat for a moment with their soul or with those uncomfortable things rather than running away from them. That's got to be your experience Yeah. And your coach. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. When people get um, really raw and really just let go and, and, and open up the floodgates and are willing to dig into it and dive into it fearlessly, it's, it's, it's very transformative. It, it is. It, it changes their lives for the rest of their lives when they stop hanging on to that old stuff and stop telling that same story to themselves. Because even if they're not speaking it, that memory, Yep. you know, the memory yes. of the thing that they are so certain happened exactly that way. And it was, yeah. you know, not their fault. It was all somebody else. And it was awful. And it was the most terrible thing that ever happened. And they keep playing that on a loop. And then they keep seeing things like that showing up again and again and again. And when you finally stop, and dive into the depths of all of that, and no matter what it is, no right. matter what it is, because we we are all of our lives are going to end in the death experience. Right. And we are all taught and programmed to fear death. Right. And death is the worst thing that can happen to a human, yet we're all going to do it. Think of how controlling that message is. Right. How much that stifles us with this fear of what we know is inevitable. And when we stop. Being afraid of death, then we can start chipping away at other stuff. Like stop being afraid of poverty, yes. stop being afraid of living failure. Exactly. Yes. Stop being afraid of being injured emotionally or physically. Now this right. isn't about doing something stupid. No, no, no. Jumping out of a plane without the uh, the parachute, right. <laughs> hoping that you're going to manifest wings on the way down. I would not recommend that. But the, 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 the things that do hold us back, there are all these constructs in our minds that we've allowed ourselves to be programmed by society. Our, our, our uh, operating system is usually one created by default as our reaction to everything that's happened to us.
0: One thing that I have found interesting and it happens more than people are aware of is that when they do start to dive into their, whatever it is that's going on with them, Somewhere in there, if not the main thing that they're actually afraid about is speaking their truth and displeasing somebody else in their life or disappointing somebody else in their life. That has come up a lot um, for me in my practice. I just see people really afraid of other people in their lives. And it's not maybe, Your parents are going to be upset with you, or maybe your spouse is going to be a little rattled if you're doing this free-thinking path. But more times than not, that's actually a fear that we've placed on ourselves, and those other people end up being more supportive than we think. But it's like there's this fear of other of of the judge. Oh yeah, I see that.
1: You know, when people join uh, Taya Boot Camp and they get in, and they are keeping it secret from their spouse right you know they're investing money and time and doing this big life-changing thing but they think they're going to keep it secret from them they never do ultimately
0: yeah Yeah. they
1: think they're going to keep it hidden from someone or we do you know a facebook post welcoming them welcoming them into the group and i we always say is it okay if we tag you in this post you know but it only shows up in the group doesn't show up across all of their facebook and we get It's about half and half, you know. About half the people coming in will say, "Everybody, you know, I could care less what anybody thinks. This is what I do, and this is my life, and everything's great." And the other half are, "No, nobody can know that I'm doing this. Nobody can know this." Well, the good news is that by the time they graduate, they don't care. They're doing testimonials and you know, put put this on YouTube and tag me. It's fine, you know, all of that stuff. But uh, it's that there is a lot of that fear of being judged even for our spiritual practice.
0: It's the judgment. It's the judgment because we put so much judgment on ourselves and we then start projecting it out, outwards. Sure,
1: sure. Let's take a quick break and yeah. when we get back, we'll kind of dive a little more into judgment and maybe some other fun stuff because we do have evidential psychic medium here with us. We'll be right <laughs> back with Andrea Sanamon. <laughs> Taya Practice is changing lives all over the world. Listen to what just a few of our Taya bootcamp graduates have to say.
0: Taya Practice has taken my professional life, me, to a new level of abundance and happiness and joy on a daily level of existence that I didn't even know was possible.
1: This work is profound. If you do the Taya Boot Camp and maintain a daily practice, you will fundamentally change your life.
0: It changes everything about you and it, it, it will affect all other aspects of your life, your health, your your career, your money, your relationships. And I think that certainly has helped with my anxiety, with my mental health. I'm realizing that, wait a second, I do deserve the best in life.
1: If you're ready to release fear and old limiting beliefs and learn to truly trust the universe to deliver all your desires, then it's time for you to join Taya Bootcamp. Visit thestreamofdavid.com forward slash TYA today and book your free discovery meeting. We're back with Evidential Psychic Medium Andrea St. Amand. And she just predicted what's next for the United. I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not diving into all that. We are, though, talking about judgment and the the, the, the effects of judgment on ourselves, it, and the stream has said many times, we, we are here to discern preference. So there's an element of judgment in all of us because there's things that we like and there's things that we don't, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's part of the human experience because we're in a contrasting environment. So we, we are always going to have preferences and non-preferences because of the contrast. But where judgment sort of spirals out of control is when fear is introduced. because we're needing people. Oh gosh, masks are a great example of this. So here we are, you know, what month is this? This is May of 2021 when we're recording this. The CDC, from my understanding, I don't really pay attention to the news, but I have heard that the CDC has now come out and said that if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore, according to them. And I've always been very, I'm very not polarized on, on many topics at all. I'm very much, everything has the power that we give to it. If you are afraid of a vaccine and choose not to get a vaccine or just discern a preference not to get the vaccine, for any of those reasons, just don't get the vaccine. Right. If you are giving power to the vaccine and you're positive about the vaccine, then that will be your experience. Right. Because we're creating our experiences. That's why there are people that will get a vaccination and they will be fine. And there are people that are gonna get a vaccination and they're going to have side effects or maybe some long-term thing, who knows. And there are people that are not getting vaccinated that are, guess what, going to be just fine. And there are people who are not getting vaccinated that are going to continue to be impacted by COVID. Yeah. All of those experiences, based on how we feel about what we're actually doing. I think the most important thing is to follow your fearless up the spiral instincts and discern your preference and do whatever the hell it is you want to do. I feel (laughs) the same way about masks. And the mask shaming from day one I did not sit well with me, you know, that whole idea of let's put video. I remember people on having, taking videos. There was a mother walking her child with a stroller and she wasn't wearing a mask and somebody on Facebook. And this was, this is why I quit scrolling Facebook at all. And I haven't now in many, many months, a video of a woman walking outside with her child and she didn't have a mask on. And they were like saying the nastiest things about her because she wasn't wearing a mask. And outside. I just thought this is just gone nuts. You know, I understand there's a pandemic and I understand that there is this highly contagious thing and I'm not getting too deep into, you know, what all that's about that, that people are afraid of. And I live in Southern California where we've had this mandatory mask mandate now forever. Mm
0: -hmm. I don't
1: like wearing a mask. You know, I don't feel like I have to have a mask, but I do comply, especially if I'm in someone's business, because I'm not also not going to throw a fit about it and be a karen you know or whatever the male name is for karen you know freaking out uh, with some person working in a store that's asking me to put a mask on it's a store it's their property i don't have to be there so if it's a mask required and i want to be in there i put a mask on and i'm good but in general i am looking forward to no more masks unless there's some you know real pressing reason that i'm guided to wear one but the judgment is still going on someone uh, someone was telling me about a post where someone was happy about this news and then got pummeled by people just for being happy at the CDC saying that we don't have to wear masks anymore. To me, it's so insane that, you know, she's not saying that masks are evil and that no one should wear one. She's just saying that she's happy that this is sort of going away for us. And that was too much for, for the powers that be of the internet. You know, people had to really jump on that. So that sort of that judgmental stuff just drives me insane. Although it shouldn't if I'm not judging it right. But that judgment <laughs> stuff drives me. I know you catch yourself up on it, but that's something that I discern a preference to move away from because live and let live. You're not gonna keep humanity from being humanity and you're not going to save people from themselves. And this need to be right is so ego rooted that, that I'm aligning with this side and everything that this side says is right yeah. and everything that that side says is wrong because it makes me feel smarter. It makes me feel better about me. But I'm so not either of those things. Somebody asked me about politics. And I said, I can't tell you that I'm a Democrat or a Republican because I weave in and out of of understanding different elements of both.
0: This and that. I did a a post on the other day that this and that, or this, 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 and that, that most of us are. But you hit something really critical, the need to be right. And one of the things I see a lot with clients and I see in my own self and the more I think we can really catch all the judgment in our own self and others, the, the, the better, but I see so often people are afraid to advance on an idea for say a new career or a new life path, because what if it's not the right one? What if it's the wrong one? What if my friends laugh at me? What if, and I was, I, I, I answered that with I have a need to be right too, because I'm an evidential psychic medium. So everything that comes out of my mouth better be right. <laughs> and I can get so caught up in that, that-
1: In an energetic realm light. where there's really no one truth yeah. of anything.
0: Right. No, right. no, I need to be kind of- Well, I, I think
1: the evidential oh, psychic God. medium, and yeah. the stream has said this about, about what you do, is yeah. you are tuning in to the person that you're reading. Yeah. And, and you are bridging the gap for them to the energetic realm. Right. You are giving them enough information that they already know to be true so that they loosen up and listen to what is actually being offered.
0: But I am going to call myself out right here because on the break, you said, do you want to just like do a reading of David? And I was like, oh, I already know too much about you (laughs) because guess what? (laughs) I want to be right. And then I said, are you moving? (laughs) And I was like, there's no way you're moving because I know you're remodeling your house. And then that started a whole conversation. But yeah. my own, um, I need to be right. I need to be right. And I have to catch that in myself all the time. Or I can't surrender enough to the information and the energy that is coming to me to actually get it out of my mouth. I might misinterpret it. It might come out of my mouth wrong, but it'll. I've got to like not worry about being right or wrong in order to just start that process. And I would say that's true for... For everybody, you can't be so imprisoned by the your need to be right that you stop living life or you stop yeah. speaking your truth or you don't even start the journey in the first place.
1: I think I think readings are great in that it's your connection to the energetic realm and everything that there is a version of the future that already exists. In fact, there's endless versions of the future that mm-hmm. already exists. And our current vibration is aligning us with one of those paths right and you can read that and i have yep. uh, you know before i came out as a channel before i even knew i was a channel the way i explored what was different about me from other people i would go see psychic mediums and one of my best experiences i've already shared th- this with you was, was hazel burley in casadega florida telling right. me that i was a channel and this was you know, right. years ago at this point but telling me that i was a channel of course i didn't want any part of any of that but Mm-mm. she said that i was and I remember her saying, and you're going to live in this beautiful home at the top of a mountain and everyone's going to come visit. And it's just this beautiful home. Oh. And when we moved to Seattle, uh, we, you know, we bought this really nice house. Uh, it was a 4,200 square foot house and it was, it was a nice house, but it wasn't my dream home. We bought it because it was the beginning of the recession and it was a good deal and it was a big house and it was impressive. Um, but it was, I didn't consider it my dream house, so I never connected that that was the house that she was seeing in the future. Because then, from there, I split with my ex, we downsized, I moved into a 650 square foot condo, and I've never lived in anything that grand since then. I've I've been much simpler in, in where I've lived, and it hit me at some point when I was when I started coming out as a channel, thinking you know everything that she said was true or came true, everything it was the the most accurate reading I've ever had. And then it dawned on me that I already lived in the house that she said was this beautiful house because she lived in this little pink, Uh little tiny, uh, I don't want to call it a shack. You know, it was just an older, not updated little house. It was cute. And it was in the village of Casadega where everything Mm -hmm. is older that's there. And gosh, you know, if she's seeing a vision of this house with the two-story foyer and the giant chandelier and the big staircase and, you know, I mean, it was a beautiful house. So from her perspective, that was the, the beautiful grand house. And it was at the top of a mountain. I was living in Florida when she told me that. And I had no plans to move from Florida at that point. And I ended up moving to Seattle and I lived, you know, it was so funny when that, that was like the last thing that she said that I thought maybe didn't come true. And I realized it totally came true, totally yeah. came true. It was just her version of this beautiful right. house. And it was, you know, well, she was seeing it, but she was seeing my future. She right. was reading a version of my future that came to be. Loved it just it. sounded
0: more like a fairy tale coming out of her mouth than what you actually ended up experiencing by the yeah. end there. Yeah. Like. And I
1: just thought, yeah. well, that's not my dream to live at the top of a mountain. Yeah. You know, where am I going gonna... <laughs> to live in Florida? What are you talking about? So yeah, it ended up being for sure. And we had lots of visitors. Lots of people wanted to come yeah. to Seattle and experience Seattle. Sure. And had, you know, our guest room was this revolving door for a while. So very accurate, very accurate uh, psychic she is. And, and again, that's I still awesome. credit her for really opening me up to channeling, you know, the, this information that I've been receiving, I'm not just receiving it for me.
0: Right. I'm receiving oh, it for everyone for and I need to
1: share it. And in the right. longer, the time that she told me that my life was pretty good. And then my life got more and more uncomfortable, the more I kept mm-hmm. it to myself and the more I allowed it without sharing it. And the more yeah. I sort of judged myself for being that, my life got worse and worse and worse until I just, I couldn't keep it to myself anymore. And then I started practicing it, embodying it. My life completely reinvented. And then from there, I couldn't not share it with the world. I had to share it with the world.
0: Yeah. My experience is similar on my path.
1: Love it. Well, yeah, you were an attorney. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And my anxiety went up so high because I was having this energy that I was repressing. And I was judging myself. People are going to think I'm crazy or I'm not ever going to be good enough. i all that stuff. And then, yeah. well, I you know, people, really... people
1: make fun of psychics, you know, it's always a sure. punchline on a sitcom, right? You know, and then, but people believe and people want to believe. And when you really get to talking to people about it, you know, most people will say, well, you know, I kind of had that experience once when I saw someone and it was true. Right. And they knew these things and it was so cool. And well, yeah, but they that fear, you know, they don't want to, you know, I, well, I don't yeah. think anybody should be addicted to astrology or, or or needing a psychic every day in their life. You know, no. the experience is fantastic or, though, right? It is. And most
0: of actually what I do, we're using psychic like loosely because most of what I do is um, medium. So I talk with, you know, other, like other souls and <clears throat> help people with grief. And so, yeah, even like, when people are going through a tremendous grief process, you know, it's Generally recommended, you don't see a medium more than every six months because you need to be processing your human grief. But that process, I've got clients I see on the regular every six months, watching them develop and grow and come out of a trauma is just
1: the most beautiful, rewarding thing. I think because you you know you, you are so intelligent that you've used this gift and you've developed a cadence of working with your clients that, you know, it's, it's kind of like yeah. just what we do in Taya, we're giving you the tools and we're giving you the yes. coaching, and then you need to go use this and apply it in your life. And then you can circle back. back.
0: Yep. And then,
1: you know, in, in sort of a back and forth, that's, that's where yes. I get really tripped up with astro- I'm So judgmental in this podcast, I don't like astrology either. No. <laughs> astrology is real, because it's polarity, it's based in polarity, the streams teachings are all about polarity. The The, the reason that I don't, discern the preference of following astrological teachings is that I think it becomes a crutch and it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy where the psychic, not psychic medium, the astrologer is telling you that XYZ is going to happen and that you're going to have, oh. you know, a great experience or a bad yeah. experience based on planetary alignment. And then right. I see people saying things like, I, I used to have this employee in, in San Francisco. She would not come to work during mercury in retrograde. Uh, yeah. She would I was call gonna out that
0: as an example.
1: Yeah. yeah, She would call out. I'm like, what you, you, you know, the whole rest of the world is functioning during this period, this energetic right. period. And yet you're letting it scare you so much that yep. you're, you are shutting your life down because something might go wrong during this period. Who cares? Get to work. <laughs> you
0: <know? laughs> exactly. You want to use these tools. Like we started off this podcast saying, you want to use these tools to empower you not disempower you or take away your free will.
1: Yeah. And I think all tools have value. And so don't, don't think that I'm saying, don't see, you know, don't see psychic mediums and don't go to, that's not what I'm saying at all. In fact, I think there's great value. Of
0: course, that's not what you're saying. yeah, I wouldn't have you on as a guest and then
1: bash, bash what you do. (laughs) Actually, what you do is what led me to doing what I do. So of course, so of course, but it's just don't get into using it as a crutch that you're letting someone else tell you what your life is going to be next, because I do believe we have the personal power to shift the direction with our changing vibration, and I know you know that absolutely because I all about that. Yeah,
0: I do very little for, fortune or future telling, actually. So even just with the example with you, David, being like, oh, "I'm feeling like you're moving." Well, if that's something that's in your present life that you shared with me. You guys are, you know, weighing. Yeah, uh, that's it's not a possibility. Reading your future, it's a it's but it's something present that's happening with you right now. It's not something that's like on oh, the future.
1: Yeah, anybody. It was interesting that you picked that up because but, it yeah. is something that's a possibility yeah. that's, that's sort of floating out there energetically. So of course yeah. you picked that up. Of course you did. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to, to switch topics a little bit, going into yes. grief and and uh, what you do. <clears throat> I don't watch a ton of TV, but sometimes at night. Uh, Michael Conk's out like at eight <laughs> and he's oh, asleep. Wow. And so I'm sitting there with YouTube, you know, or whatever yeah. in front of We don't have cable, uh, but I do have YouTube and I have Netflix and I think I have HBO. Um, so I will just try to randomly find something just to kind of tune out, mm-hmm. watch, relax, and then I'm, I'm ready to go to bed. So he went to bed early one night this weekend, I think it was Saturday night. And I ended up watching this documentary on Netflix about the murder next door. Do you know about that? I don't so I guess it's a true story and I'm trying to recall exactly what happened but it was a true story about a family and this just happened in 2018 so it's very fresh Mm -hmm. and the interesting way they did it I think what drew me to it is that there was no reenactment I know you've been on television shows where they have these reenactments right yeah you're the expert whole
0: whole series
1: yeah yeah what what series were you on in case they want to catch that
0: True terror with Robert England, and Robert England was played Freddy Krueger back in the day on Nightmare on Elm Street. But yeah, that was there was a lot of reenactments of true of so-called true stories or true legends, things that people had yeah. actually reported that were uh, supernatural or paranormal.
1: Yeah, and I used to be really into that stuff when I was really mm-hmm. getting into what I do now. Sure. Uh, I was really, really, really into it. In fact, so much so that I manifested my own haunted house. You know, I think I told you <laughs> that—that beautiful house where all the the people came to visit. Yeah. That house ended up being so freaking haunted, and it was haunted because I was stirring up all this energy.
0: You absolutely.
1: Oh my god, it was crazy. Was I, so I, I have it could have been a textbook horror movie the way that it manifested, and then it all stopped. We we brought somebody in we cleansed it and it yep. all stopped. So it was all very real. Uh, it was frightening at the time, but also interesting. And I, I can do a whole other podcast just talking about that. But anyway, this documentary was about this family uh, and the whole thing, there were no reenactments because of the way society operates today. They had enough real footage from doorbell wow. cams, from Facebook live videos, from you know phone video, From police video, the whole documentary was actual footage of the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. And I haven't completely connected the dots on exactly what went down, but it was another one of these stories where this man has an affair and decides to murder his wife, his children, and his wife was even pregnant.
0: Oh, my gosh. I had a yeah, sorry, lunch. spoiler
1: alert, spoiler alert. But I think, yeah. you know, that going in that obviously the, the, the guy did it.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And the the it was just the story yeah. that and the way they did it was brilliant <clears throat> because you're watching this video and he's, you know, playing with these these adorable little girls and you're just like, how in the hell did he go into that vibration to be able to do that? you know, what was going on. And they do show a little behind the scenes. They show some text messages and stuff, again, actual test, text messages that went back and forth. So there was more going on than was being presented sure. on Facebook,
0: sure. and, you know, oh, out course. there,
1: but gosh, it's just one of those, it was chilling because you see the video of him with his daughters and this love between them and then this horrific murder of them. And, you know, I don't, and I kind of started thinking about, it. I'm like, well, I don't really want to dip into that vibration right. to go into that because right. I know that's not a good thing for me. Right. You know, I can watch it and zoom out from to the higher perspective mm-hmm. of non-judgment and just say, this is a vibrational alignment. This was an event that transpired and these souls are eternal and they came to earth and they had this experience and, and I can be at peace with the source perspective of all of that. But from the human perspective, again, yeah, of course, it's troubling to watch videos of a father playing with his adorable children and then to, to learn that he actually murdered them.
0: Do you know it's fascinating. Crazy energy? It is crazy energy. I had a friend once tell me a coworker once told me and I'm gonna use the male as an example, but he said it's easier for a man to do something crazy than it is for him to just tell his wife he wants a divorce. And this actually goes back to everything that we were saying. It's easier sometimes for people to go way off the chain. And, and the, the example that we were talking about in that with my friend, this guy moved, like went to visit his parents outside the country and, oh, oops, his visa lapsed and he couldn't get back to the United States. And all this crazy stuff happened. And it really ended up being like he was just trying to leave his wife. And I was like, well, well why in the world? Why wouldn't you just tell your wife? Why didn't you just break up? And he said, it's easier for me to do something crazy than to face face the truth and just say, hey, honey, I need to like not be your husband anymore. Yeah, You're going to get mad, but it's just that lack. Well, and, lack the, and the
1: sad really thing me, too is that I got the vibe that the wife, and this is probably part of the whole problem, but the wife was very alpha and dominant in the relationship and would have been not fine, but would have been able to, be a parent to the two daughters and even the baby, without him.
0: Yeah, but he could
1: have just left and been the. I, I I think it's the ego thing. Like I can't be the deadbeat that leaves Ooh. my wife and my family for this other person. So yeah. it's easier for them to have disappeared. Oh. And then it was also incredibly stupid, though. You know, the, the the it was so obviously guilty. The detectives knew immediately that he was guilty. Sure. They broke him down sure. in no time. And I'm like, really, you're going to do something that serious and that unplanned, and then you're going to handle it. I don't want to give the whole thing away because if somebody wants to watch it, um, it it was just stupid. It was, he was so stupid. I I don't know how else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the theme is is David's being judgmental today. But yes, the guy (laughs) was really, really stupid the way he did the whole thing. Um, And. You know the, the, there was no covering of the tracks it's almost like you wanted to get caught maybe that was sure. the guilt that, factor, that was yeah you know because it's so yeah. easy just to label a transgressor they're a sociopath you know that that label is slapped on transgressors so easily that they just have no feelings they're not human they're a sociopath not true. and they're a monster and let's just throw them away forever and I'm fine with the throw them away forever part I'm even fine with the death penalty if that's what the manifested path is for the killer I you know, I'm not judging that either but they're, they're in a vibrational space where they give themselves permission to do what we yeah. consider crazy things. Right. And, and you're right. Maybe it is, that is something as stupid as, uh, you know, I don't want to ask for a divorce or I don't want to deal with the, the fallout. You know, it's easier to see myself as the grieving widower and, and grieving father of, of children who disappeared than yeah. to face, you know, you know, to step up and, and face the reality of what I'm choosing here. Right. Which at yeah. best was a Own temporary situation, you know, from, right. from what I got in the documentary, he just met some other woman and had a little bit of an affair and it was more appealing to him for whatever reason. I, you know, I don't know, but you know, the, 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 the male female energy, it's interesting because in a lot of spiritual circles, you hear about divine feminine, divine masculine, but the stream has said that really the idea of masculine and feminine and the divide of that, again, is a 3D polarized environment, human yes. or physical environment quality. Nice. That we are all, all things.
0: Sure. Eternally. Absolutely.
1: Right. And that's why we're actually, most of us are probably more fluid sexually than we allow ourselves to be because our society tells us that we've got to get into a category and stay there. Right. Right. And, and so the difference and the expression of humanity between male and female is that the females are able to produce new life and that men don't possess that ability to directly develop and produce. I mean, we participate in the process, but not the same level as a woman that's actually creating new life and that men to balance that power of creation have spent eternity has spent all of their, you know, (laughs) all of this energy to trying to dominate and create everything else. To balance that, to balance that idea that we can't create life, but we're going to take control of society and create everything else because we're trying to balance that. And our society has drifted away from giving uh, because it's just such a norm that, that women produce children that, that it's almost not honored in the same way as someone creating a business or that's income. That's true. That yeah. is true. Yeah. yeah, like you're supposed to be a wife and a mother and have a career these days, right? Yes. You know, everyone's right. supposed to have all of that, but yet you are creating a new life and you are raising children. And that's, you know, sort of made fun of. A stay-home mom yeah. is not the same as, oh, she's a CEO of a big company. Right. But right. it is a very powerful uh, c- contribution to humanity to create new life. And to nurture new life, of course it is, and it's kind of crazy that we don't value it more than we do, just because it's it's common. It's how we all come into the world, so because it's common, we take it for granted, right? But that's what's wrong with men. men everyone, <laughs> we, we, we spend we spend our lives trying to compensate not for penis size, but for the fact that we can't produce children. There you go. You thought we were compensating for that other thing, but we're not. That's we're compensating so for the fact that we don't produce offspring. <laughs> we don't create new life directly. Huh. <laughs> love
0: and there we have it. <laughs>
1: She's like, I didn't think he was going to go there, but there he went. <laughs> there, yeah. we, there
0: we are. Well, that's how
1: comfortable I am. Well, we've, awesome. we've been on, uh, we're coming up on the hour. So we should probably wrap up. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but uh, we'll have you back on sooner than later. We won't wait six months. Again, it's it's been a lot of fun having you on here. So if people want to to find out more about you, where do they go?
0: My website, andreasaintamand.com. And that's all spelled out, A-N-D-R-E-A-S-A-I-N-T-A-M-A-N-D.com.
1: And we'll have a link. uh, uh, As always, if you don't see links and notes to wherever you're listening to our podcast, you should. But if you don't, you can always go to the thestreamofdavid.com and go to the podcast link and all of our podcasts, the entire library, all the way back to, to 2017. Every single episode is there and the links uh, to everything uh, to Andrea's website is going to be right there in that podcast episode. So you can always go there and find it if you don't find it wherever you're catching our podcast. Andrea, thank you so much for being on. I took us on a little, uh, detour, but it's always a fun detour. I I like to take little twists and turns in the conversation for sure.
0: It was awesome. Thank you so much, David.
1: Glad you were up for the journey. Thanks a lot, everyone. Hi, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like what we shared here today, and if it inspired you to think differently, even for just a moment, I have something that you're absolutely going to love. It's a full 90 minute masterclass where I've condensed all the knowledge that I've acquired throughout the years, after writing two books and helping hundreds of people change their lives, take the action steps that I share in this masterclass. The only place that I share this is in these masterclasses aside from my Thai bootcamp program. And if you know our teachings, you know that we're not about rainbows and fairy dust. We are about extreme ownership, claiming the power to transmute anything in your life to something positive claiming the power to create your life exactly the way that you dream of it. So everything that you're going to learn in the masterclass is something that you can take and apply in your life as soon as you're done watching. So just go to the stream of David and register and take this 90 minute masterclass It will transform your life. Again, that is the stream of David Masterclass.com. Again, if you enjoyed this episode, you're absolutely going to love this masterclass. Thank you again. I'll see you in class.